Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 1233 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we will tell you, because these are the kind of guys we are, that uh, we're going to hook up with Brian Lott today at about 1245. He's just wrapping up a uh, meeting. Uh, we'll quickly go into the orders now. Injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Obviously, Oscar Clefbrom spoke a couple days ago. He is on LTIR for the season. Uh, the Oilers deployed most of that space yesterday, getting right up against it. Uh, James Neal and Gaetan Haas, uh, are out. Uh, they are on IR as we speak. Neal closer to a return than Gaetan Haas for Vancouver. Michael Furland, uh, who can really chuck him, but's had some concussion issues, is uh, on LTIR for the season for Vancouver. JT Miller and Jamie Benn, uh, yesterday Matt Sakaris out of TSN in Vancouver reporting uh, that it was connected to a COVID situation. Uh, they will not be making the trip. That's a big loss for the Vancouver Canucks. That's our Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. And we are going to slip into... Uh, the Ashley Fine Floors text line seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. This texter says, "Bob, I'm going to make uh, three bold predictions. McDavid puts up a hundred and twelve points. You can chop up fifty of those as Genos. That's two. That's two points per game. That would be a lot of points in this day and age in the uh, uh, NHL. Can Holland will trade a goalie." At some point during the season, this texter is saying Koskinen gets shipped out for Flurry with some money retained by Vegas. Uh, wouldn't affect things this year. Would significantly affect things next year. I love Mark Andre Flurry; he's a great goaltender. Uh, and uh, this text uh, adds number three. After getting Flurry, the Oilers go on a run at the end of the year, and it carries them through the playoffs. Number six comes home, referring to a Stanley Cup championship. Hmm. A lot of uh, if ands and buts in there, let me tell you. Andy S., the carpet guy. Hey, Bob and Brendan. Uh, oh, boys, I wish I had the staunch confidence that the Oilers can be a top team in the Canadian division. Uh, why? Because uh, from the waist up, uh, the forwards are more than fine. However, from the waist down, uh, defense and goaltending are a complete gamble that the GM Holland is apparently comfortable with. Uh, doubling down on two backup goaltenders is risky, says Andy S. Not replacing the top-minute uh, defenseman Oscar Clefbaum is almost inviting failure. I would suggest to you that Tyson Berry replacing Clefbaum on the power play would be one of the mechanisms in place. I think the orders will have a more balanced uh, sort of 
groupings in terms of the minutes played for the defense than maybe last year. And I'm going to contrast this by what happened with the Oilers forwards. Last year, the Oilers had three forwards play north of 20 minutes per game. The only forward for Vancouver that played more than 20 minutes per game last year was JT Miller. The team split four regular season games. The Canucks destroyed Edmonton Lions three through three and four. Vancouver had way greater depth. They don't have the same depth right now. That's all there is to it. They don't have the same great. It's just the way it is. Uh, another texter says, uh, Bob, uh, here we go. Uh, Edmonton, Toronto, Montreal, Calgary. Those are the top four. Winnipeg and Vancouver, five, six. Ottawa, seven. Please uh, pass this on to Mr. Button. Uh, Button picked the order six. Well, Craig's entitled to his opinion. We loved having him on the show for a number of years, and he's a great guest on Jason Greger's show as well. So, uh, you know, he's, he, again, he's entitled to his opinion. Uh, we will mention that his brother is also a, uh, scout, uh, runs the amateur scouting side for the Calgary Flames organization, which in no way, knowing Craig, would John has any of his opinions on, uh, the rankings of the respective teams. I, I get the, the people out there concerned about Edmonton based on goaltending. I actually think the Oilers goaltending in the regular season will be fine. It is a fair question to to bring up goaltending based on the performance of the two goalies in the playoffs. Uh, they were pretty good last year at the exception of the month, month of December for, for Mike Smith. But, I mean, the Oilers, just to prove a point, Edmonton finished 14th in the league in save percentage at 9.05. They're right in the middle. Uh, Vancouver, by the way, finished 12th at 9.07, and they lost their number one goaltender, Jacob Markstrom. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Uh, Ross, Riverbend Ross says, Bob, it's all a crapshoot right now. That is probably true. Bob, you'll read the, the text of Connor getting 120 points. What? Well, it was 112 points that the texter said. Uh, to me, that's going to be hard to get to. I don't know about you. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Brendan, let me know uh, when we're going to be able to hop back into Light Orders Now Audio Vault. If you're able to find that piece, that would be great. Because does right now sound good to you? Let's go for it. I asked a question earlier today about the defense because, to me, we, we knew the depth was going to be better at forward. You had Kyle Turris as a third-line center. That's an upgrade on Riley Sheehan. Dominic Cahoon comes in. You got Tyler Ennis come here. They weren't here last year. Paul Yarvey returns from Finland. Now you got Chase on your fourth line. It's a deeper team. The emergence of Kyler Yamamoto, the Oilers being a different team after Christmas when he came up. But even with the cleft bomb injury, the one thing I noticed in practice was the, the puck moving ability on the back end. And so I asked a question, a two-parter for Dave Tippett. One, uh, was it going to be Cuckoo over Russell? And part two of the question was, uh, where are you at in terms of what the defense can do in terms of transition to the puck? Yeah, I mean, we, we've watched our defense close in, in training camp here, and I like our depth on it. Uh, obviously, losing cleft is uh, – there's a lot of minutes there that's going to have to be, you know uh, – picked up uh, I don't think one player is going to take those minutes but I like our depth uh, players like Jones has come in had a very good camp very good camp he looks looks ready to go he'll play with Larson uh, Cuckoo has come in and um, and really showed he's a real stable player uh, Chris Russell has had a good camp but we just our depth uh, is going to be a factor there uh, uh Cuckoo will start with Barry tonight, and we feel like we've got a good puck mover on on every pair there. And the one thing that we've talked about our our defense group is we have balance. And and any given day you can't anoint this is a first pair, second pair, third pair. We like our balance. Any one of those pairs could be a 
could be in any of those roles. So the balance to uh, balance out minutes, balance out roles on the uh, with the group, and as many back-to-backs as we play, that balance is going to come. The balance and the depth of our defense is going to come. You know, be a very valuable asset for us. All right, that is Edmonton Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. It is 1240 in Edmonton. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. This text comes in from Jason up in Grand Cash. Thank you for listening to Grand Cash, Jason. After listening to Hart Levine a few times this year, I'm wondering what the Oilers did with the cleft bomb situation in his LTIR. Were they able to sneak under the cap to maximize his cap hit? Uh, he had, well, I, I think they did. Hart actually predicted what Edmonton ultimately would do, so y- you have that. Uh, and even though you would have a scenario where being moved from active to taxi today would be Evan Bouchard. Edmonton can now activate Bouchard at any time and not worry about the bonus overage in case he hits any of the uh, uh, the bonus markers. So that allows Edmonton a little bit more cap flexibility. Uh, Jason adds, the orders are definitely top four of Toronto, Calgary, and I think a long shot Winnipeg sneaks in. My concern with Winnipeg is I think you need two goaltenders. Uh, there you go. I think you need two goaltenders that can start. As good as Connor Hellebuck is, with all due respect to Laurent Persuade, who's a decent backup, he's not a 1B. I think you need a 1A and 1B. Like, that's why Montreal, for me, they got a pretty good team. You know, they got Carey Price, and now they're going to have Carey Price, and they're not going to kill him with, you know, 45 starts in 56 games. It might be 35-20. This texter comes in, not a popular opinion, especially amongst the Corsi believers, but I contend Clefbaum can be replaced by the people on the roster. He was never a strong defender nor a real offensive threat. He also wasn't a physical factor. He, he was a minutes muncher. That's what he was. Oscar Clefbaum is a minutes muncher. He's a legitimate top four defenseman. Um, he is not an elite offensive player. He was a good distributor on the power play because he played like a point guard. He didn't want it running through him. Uh, but he was inconsistent shooting. Now, that might have been partially because of the shoulder issue. He had a tough year, minus 17 last year, 5-on-5, five five, probably played uh, too many minutes. Um... Okay, again, you can text us at any time at 780-496-0063. Paul says, Bob, Mike Smith is not a 1B at this stage in his career, so that kills your Edmonton prediction. That one comes to us from Paul. Paul, uh, you are entitled to your opinion. Another texter comes in. Uh, Edmonton Quibb says, if uh, they keep Nugent Hopkins on Connor McDavid's line for the majority of this year, I think we'll see a career year for both McDavid and Nugent Hopkins, plus 80 point, uh, plus 80 points for McDavid and plus 60 points for Nugent Hopkins. Well, I'd be better than a point per game. The guy uh, that would be super, uh, super stoked about that will be Rick Vallette, Ryan Nugent Hopkins' agent. But, you know, there you go. Uh, and, again, the Winnipeg Jets fans are now out saying, you know, Koskinen is obviously not as good as Hallibuck. And uh, how much worse is Bressois than Mike Smith at the stage? I'd just say Mike Smith's used to starting games. There you go. Uh Again, you can text us at 780-496-0068. Brian adds, Winnipeg, uh, not the best D. Uh, that's part of the reason why they're lower, and they got a couple guys asking out. Not sure they're going to be running on all cylinders. Well, we don't know what's going on with Patrick Line, and we will have to wait and see uh, what occurs with Jack Rockle- Roslovic. I don't even know how good Jack Roslovic is. Like... It always makes me wonder when a third or fourth liner has to be traded in the National Hockey League because you can soon find yourself. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Without a job anywhere. 1244, we're going to step out, come back uh, with Brian Lott when we return in Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. All right, 12.45 in Edmonton. Bob Stafford, Brendan Escott with you. Let's get to it. Uh, we are going to go to our Oilers Now headliner today for the NHL Network. Brian Lawton, our headliner, is brought to you by Will Hawk Beef Jerky. We did not get a chance to hook up with Brian last week after the Americans beat Canada in the World Junior Championship, which just shows you uh, that on any given day, anybody can beat anybody, and the U.S. had a pretty good team. Brian, do we have you? How you doing? They did have a pretty good team, but that was still a shock. Was it? It was to me. See, I don't think that this was a Canadian team. I mean, there's no Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby on team. I know they had 19 first-round picks. I actually thought the Americans' top six uh, players might have a higher offensive ceiling. And uh, the Americans did all the key things in that game to win the game. Uh, Brian, they scored early. Uh, they took it to Team Canada for the first 30 minutes of the game. Then Canada got their sea legs and started to play a little bit better. But stuff to chase, even when you got a real good team like Team Canada. And you know what? It's one game, right? And in one game, anything can happen. Well, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, you know, for me, it, it, the U.S. had such a weak start that uh, that's what really surprised me, you know, in the tournament. But the way that they were able to build and somehow hang in there and make it to that game, uh, it truly was a great win for them. I don't disagree with your points, uh, but that start really scared me with the U.S. and they did nothing but get better the rest of the tournament. Canada, I thought, was awesome all tournament wrong, long, but you're not wrong what you're saying. Maybe it wasn't that high-end talent that we're used to seeing with the Canadian team. All right, we're dropping the puck tonight on the regular season. The Edmonton Oilers obviously in action against the Vancouver Canucks. You've been kind enough to join us for the last year and a half. How much are you looking forward to getting back out of the NHL network and actually having NHL games, regular season, multiple NHL games to, uh, to, uh, to hit on? Well, I'm really looking forward to it. And to be honest with you, I've been doing my own quarantine here in New York. I am officially cleared to go back to work tonight, so I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, It's going to be hopefully a great night. And uh, in terms of Edmonton, boy, I I can't believe what I've seen from uh, all the pundits around the media world uh, where they have this team picked. I feel like they're definitively a playoff team. Uh, I don't feel like there's a lot of people that are backing me up on that. I find that very interesting. 
Well, last year, you were a guy at the start of the year. You said the Edmonton Oilers were going to make the playoffs. They were in second place in the Pacific Division when the pause occurred. A lot of the pundits have Edmonton four and five, and I think in large part because they think the Oilers' goaltending tandem is sixth or seventh uh, in the league. Like, did they not realize that the Canadian teams last year, Edmonton had the second-best goals against? And they were a bad five-on-five team, Brian. They've improved the personnel to be better in five-on-five. I have a theory that Koskinen and Smith are both capable of starting. And that's what you need. You can't, like, I look at Winnipeg. I love Connor Hellebuck. I don't know if Laurent, hey, we had Laurent Persuan Edmonton. I don't know if he can start 20 to 24 games. And I think you might have to do that this year. Uh, Maybe give me your feelings on the Oilers' net-minding combo. 918. I think that was Koskinen's save percentage last year. Pretty pretty darn strong. Things went a little bit sideways, maybe because he didn't start in the playoffs, and some of that was lost, and Smitty didn't play as well as, uh, obviously, Edmonton fans would have liked to see him have played. But uh, I think they're fine in goal because of all the other changes they've made with their team. I don't think it'll be an issue. Uh, because of that, I'm pretty bullish on them, to be honest with you. I, the one team that I would really take exception with that a lot of the pundits had is very high up in the North Division was Montreal. Uh, I just don't see there's any way they finish ahead of Edmonton. But, you know, that's why we play the games. That's the interesting and exciting part about it. But uh, I felt like a lot of people are off. Uh, in their predictions. We'll see who's right or wrong, and a lot of those folks are my friends, and I'll certainly hear from them, some of them I work with. Uh, but I found it very interesting watching the prediction shows. I I don't think the Edmonton Oilers' uh, goaltending will be their death knell. That's All right. my feeling. We're joined by Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. Brian, Jake Allen to compliment Carey Price. That's a pretty good one-two tandem. Now, my concern with the Canadians isn't a goal. Everybody in Montreal, like, we had guys before the play-in series last year that were dismissive of Jesperi Kotkaniemi and said Suzuki was completely unproven. Well, Suzuki had a good playoff, and so did Kotkaniemi. But I have a theory. Sometimes... Water seeks its level in the next year, and I watched this a bit with the Oilers in 07 08. They had a, a line known as it was the second Oilers kid line. Uh, the first one back in the 90 Cup run was uh, Adam Graves centering Joe Murphy and Martin Jelena. The second Oilers kid line in 07 08 was Gagne centering Cogliano and Nilsson. And they didn't really build upon their final 20 games in 07-08. And I was one of the guys that probably inflate. And I'll be honest with it. I was pretty bullish on those guys. Buyer beware. And I'm just looking at, like, Deneau's a good third-line center. But if they're going to roll with their other two centers in the top uh, three lines, being Suzuki and Kakaniemi, going up against the likes of McDavid, Drysaddle, and Turris, I'll take that all day if I'm Edmonton. What about you? No, I feel the same way, and somebody said that exact thing to me this morning, just pointing out the center ice depth for a team, just interestingly, like Edmonton versus Montreal. Now, that's not the be-all, end-all. Otherwise, Edmonton would win every year because they're incredibly strong down the middle, obviously. But uh, it's a weakness. Carey Price, to me, has had an exceptional career. He was incredible last year in the playoffs play and you name it. But uh, the last couple of years, 
you know, that level that maybe we'd grown accustomed to hasn't been there. Are we going to see carry last year from a couple weeks or from the body of work over the previous two years? Uh, that's what I'm most interested to see. And then in terms of the Oilers, uh, we could probably say the same thing. Are we going to see, you know, the goaltending that they got in the play-in round last year, or are we going to see maybe what they did all last year? Uh, I, I like the Oilers' chances. I just do. And uh, it, it's going to take a lot for me to change. The only thing I will say is that because of the shortened season, there is a chance that we'll see some teams that have been able to get on streaks in the past but never sustain it to maybe make it to the finish line. The thing that really derails you if you're not a good team but you go on a good streak is you know that it's a marathon. It's going to be a little bit more of a sprint this year, and I'm interested to see how that changes things, how coaches coach differently, quite frankly. We're joined by the NHL Network's Brian Lott and Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. All right, Dave Tippett to me is not screwing around, and I'm going to illustrate how. Chris Russell has been a part of the Oilers' decor for the last, uh, well, since 16-17, last four seasons. He's a heart and soul guy. He's a respected player. He's 33 years of age. He played 17 minutes a game for the Oilers. Slater Cuckoo is starting ahead of him tonight. You know Dave Tippett values loyalty. Chris played pretty well last year in that playing series. Are you surprised that the Oilers have gone with Cuckoo and Barry instead of Russell and Barry in one of the Oilers' parents? I was a little bit of a surprise, yes. I actually uh, I agree with you on Dave Tippett. He is going to field the players that he thinks can win. He generally has been incredibly loyal to their, those guys. So when I look at you know what's coming out here last minute for the roster, that absolutely was the one piece that completely jumped out at me. I was floored. I can't wait to ask him about it. Uh, knowing Dave Tippett, he'll have very sound reasoning as to what it is. And it's not always what you think. It could be a player struggling health-wise or something like that. It could be he just has seen another guy all play the other guy. I can't wait to find the answer out. I don't know what it is right now. I'm not being coy. But that did surprise me significantly when I read it today. What I noticed with Cuckoo in Chicago is he seemed to find his game, right? Like, he couldn't get in in Tampa, 10th overall pick. The pressure of being an offensive defenseman when you're drafted that high, he's just become a steadying influence. on. He was good for Chicago last year. I mean, the Hawks did a better job of block, uh, boxing out the Oilers forwards. Edmonton was egregious in that area, and that's why they lost the series. Chicago scored nine goals off of deflections in the course of the four games. Um but does it speak maybe to the maturation of the player as well? 26 years of age now, and he's gone through a couple organizations. Yeah, it does. If it's going to happen, this is when it usually does for a guy like that. Um, I remember that year. I remember Tampa badly wanted Truba that year. I believe that was the draft. They ended up with Cuckoo. It never really worked out for him, but... It's great to see a guy stick with it, to believe in himself, to make adjustments in his game. Because as you correctly point out, it's one thing to collect points in junior. It's another thing to be able to do it at the NHL level. It's just that much harder. Doesn't mean he can't reinvent himself. I wouldn't be surprised in talking with Dave Tippett if he has focused in on some of the things you're suggesting. Just the details of the game. Uh, Dave Tippett has very specific ways in his mind as to how he helps drive a team to winning. 
he needs players that do certain things. And when I talk to him, it's often different than talking to a lot of other head NHL coaches. I always find it fascinating. Very, very detail-oriented. And Dave likes players that play that way as well because that's the way he was as a player. Brian, do you believe that if the Oilers had hired a first-time general manager instead of Ken Holland, and if... Marcus Leto's firm had stayed separate from Acme and not partnered up with Wasserman, who, as you know, represents Connor McDavid. Do you believe if, if those two things had happened, that yes, the Pulley would not be in Edmonton right now, his rights might have been traded instead? I think it's certainly possible. You know, in Yessie's case, those are tough cases for general managers because you've got a guy that's picked so highly, you got a different GM that's now managing that pick. So you don't know what the previous guys necessarily thought. It's always easy to revisit these things after the fact and say the last guys didn't do the job they should have. Um, but Ken Holland doesn't get caught up in that stuff. I think he looked at it as arbitrarily as he could. I think he set some markers that if he was ever going to move, yes, he had to be at a certain level. And I don't think he ever got that from anybody else. Uh, and the reason is because nobody's exactly sure where he can end up. I love what he did in going back to Europe. I love how he played. I love the fact that he's back with the Oilers and he's going to get a chance to prove what his ceiling can be. But uh, it would have been certainly an enormous challenge for a first-year GM if Edmonton had gone that way. And in my opinion, Ken handled it exactly the way he should. I know he investigated hard on trying to move him. Uh, I also believe that he didn't hear the types of offers that uh, had him jumping out of his shoes to make a deal. Brian, we appreciate that you jumped out of your meeting to join us for uh, 50 minutes here. We look forward to touching base with you in weeks to come. My pleasure, Bob. Thank you. You bet. That is Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. It's 12.58 in Edmonton. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. David Staples, cult of hockey. We'll get his thoughts when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.